0: Good evening, Patriots. It is still Wednesday, March 23rd in the year 2022. Nothing has changed there, though at times I sometimes wonder, because I'm wondering if if we're going through a time warp with all the crazies and loons that are running this world. We have men dressed like women being awarded a Women of the Year Award, men in bikinis winning swimming championships, the only thing I can say about Ukraine on in their defense which isn't much these days because they're all Nazis is that they've been stopping the transgenders at the border and forcing the men who are dressed like women probably some of them got a weenie snip to go back to the to go back to the lines and fight because they're men. That I have to tell you I find funny. So all of this (laughs) in a world that's turned upside down. And part of that world we're in right now is highly stressful. And it's something we have to take very seriously for our health. How do you like that? Just like that. Press the wrong button. And I'm like, oh, here it comes. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day, while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee, at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Patriots, I keep forgetting to make a a couple important announcements. So hang, we're going to have to bring in some announcement time. (laughs) Here we go. Now, first of all, and the top of the announcement list tonight is Bear, our mod. It's his birthday. So make sure and wish our Bear mod happy birthday. He's awesome. He's done so much for Bards FM. And so that's wonderful. And I just wanted to tell you a little story about Duncan When you see Duncan, congratulate him. Duncan won't tell you this, but I'm going to tell the story. So, Duncan was, uh, yesterday, he was out pretty busy all day long, and I talked to him late last night, and he's pretty tired. So, you know that down where Duncan was, there were 12 tornadoes. And the next day, there were a lot of roofs damaged, and, of course, you had the pariah roof repair guys that were going in and trying to get people to spend. Been the cost for a whole roof tear off and re and rebuild and only do like a little patch. So they were just gouging the customer everywhere. So Duncan grabbed his tools and he did five houses, did five roof repairs for free yesterday, just so people wouldn't have to pay the price of a roof repair. That's something. See, that's that's who we are in Bard's Nation. We have people like Bear who are constantly giving. We've got. Great mods all over. Our mods are all awesome. We have people like Duncan, who is just out here doing the right thing. That's that is how we build rebuild the world, by the way. And that's exactly what Duncan and I talked about last night is how do we rebuild the world? And it's things like that. Just very honest. I think that's very apropos to everything going on. So we know we have a crazy world right now. There's no question about it. It's it's a world out of control. No question about that. And I think what's, I'm going to play a piece here. I'm typically not a big fan of Steve Jobs. I do like this piece. I want you to hear this. When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your, your life is just to live your life inside the world, try not to bash into the walls too much, uh, uh, try to have a nice family life, uh, have fun, save a little money. Um, but life that's a very limited life life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you and you can change it you can influence it you can you can build your own things that other people can use and the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it, um, that's maybe the most important thing. And it is the most important thing, that we have the ability to control a lot of what this outcome is, especially when we put our foot on that rock of faith and we walk with Christ. I, I'm telling you that we have been so brainwashed in this world to be compliant, to accept everything. And then worse than that, we start putting our values based around the wrong things. We're always thinking money first. We're always thinking about what we're going to get first. How are we going to get out of this? How's God going to fix this for me? Let me read you something. This is John 6, 26 to 30. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate some of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. Therefore they said to him, what are we to do so that we may accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, what then are you doing as a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? You know, that's that last sentence just sums up so much in our current state in this culture. What then are you doing as a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? When we are constantly seeking the gift rather than pursuing the giver of the gift, we're always going to be blind. When we are looking for the gift, and everything around us in this material world really should be seen as a gift And it should be a gift from God. But we don't see it that way. We see it as a product of our labor hours, which we work to gain a little bit of money, which we have willfully enslaved ourselves to a system which demands that we take God's gifts and we convert them into a, through a money changer into something that is tangible and transactionable so that we can acquire more crap that we don't need. And that's truly the world that we are living in. And what we need to be doing is pursuing Him. When we're pursuing Christ, people, I hear this a lot like the return of Christ when He returns. I've got news for you. You can be waiting your whole life and pursuing it, and you probably will miss Him. So everybody expects this like dramatic event, and we're all going to be okay because well, I've accepted Christ and all is good. If you're pursuing the gifts and not the giver, I bet you could walk right by him and not even know he's there. Just saying. Our focus when we are on the giver changes everything in which we do because it changes the way we work in our world. Each of us can be a giver. And if we're looking when we give to get a return of some sort of acknowledgement on what we give, we're missing the point as well. You have to give as a joyful giver without the expectation of getting anything back because it's not about that. It's about creating a world where we're always pushing forward, giving forward, leaning into the future, leaning into another way. Unfortunately, we are built on a world. We're living in a matrix where everything is a return on investment. If I give something to you, then I should get something back. What would that be? A thank you, an acknowledgement. Something has to come back. I'm not minimizing the importance of acknowledgement, so don't get that wrong. But when we build our giving into the expectation of a type of return, we end up being disappointed. And then we are eager to be recognized and our ego gets all inflamed. Our vanity gets all wrecked. That's not the way we are or should be. That's not the way God intended. Christ didn't do that. Christ didn't stand there and break bread and feed it to the masses so that they would come to him and say, and that's exactly where this passage is, is that they were seeking him because they didn't, not because they saw signs, but because they were filled with the loaves that they ate. They were consumed with the gift, amazed at the magic trick. And I'm saying it, because it wasn't magic, but in that perspective of where they were, that's pretty much what it looked like. <gasps> Look, he created bread out of nothing. He's a magician. I want, I want more bread. I'm so happy. This isn't a person I need to follow. And missing the entire entire principle here, that this was God's son. That God had sent for us to believe in him whom he has sent. Our world is really twisted, and there's a lot of things upside down that we continually hear stories of some of these horrors. And in our head, at some point, every one of us says, I don't know how to fix that. Instead of saying, God, how can I fix that? Father, what can we do to fix that? Every response to something that we see that is an impossible mountain to climb. Should be a question of Father, of how we can overcome it. This is about a three minute piece I want to play for you. It's a little, you have to listen closely because it gets a little complicated in its description, but it gives you an idea of what's going on out in the world, in a world that we don't circulate much in because we're adults. Listen to this. This is about kids, and this is very disturbing.
1: Stop. What's this? So I have discovered something happening on this app with children that is so completely mind-blowing and dangerous that I don't even know how to process how it can be handled. Last night I posted about coming across a video of a 11, 12-year-old child completely naked um, and doing inappropriate things. I reported the video, it came back no violation. I went to check this morning to see if the video was still up and it was gone, but the likes that it had received still counted. If a video is deleted or removed, the likes get removed from the likes counter in the corner. If the video has just been privated, they remain. So the likes were still there, but it was not still there. So that means that the video had just been privated. I also noted that the profile picture had been changed and a new video had been posted saying that they had to lock everybody out because somebody had messed up. I started looking at who they were following, and they were following a massive amount of accounts that had usernames similar to posting in private, posting in private, trade only, trade. And I just started exploring all of these accounts as to what they're talking about. They started talking about how they're posting in private. And at first I thought they were talking about Snapchat, that they were leading away to a Snapchat where there was a private account. But then it hit me, And I realized what was happening. These are preteens. These are children that will create an account called posting in private or whatever, make a little video that says, do you want to join? I'll give you the pass to join, but you have to post inappropriate content. But instead of posting a public video, they're posting a private video in only me view mode. So what happens is somebody creates a type of account like this. They post a video saying that they'll give you the pass if you DM them. They'll privately DM each other and talk, and they'll give them the login information for that TikTok account. Once that happens, the person can log in and see a massive amount of privated only me videos of children in inappropriate way This is a mutual of mine. We do very similar work. I absolutely love that she has done all the digging to bring attention to this, and it's garnered enough attention that...
0: A new danger has emerged on TikTok. Parents are voicing concerns about predatory private accounts that target minors. Channel 7's Kayla Christian
1: on your side tonight with what parents need to know. The TikTok scam involves adults granting minors access to TikTok accounts only visible by logging in with a specific username and password. With TikTok's updated guidelines, one, none of this should be possible. But two, this is giving the same energy as this. You remember the series I did updating you guys on the Pornhub lawsuit? Pornhub had guidelines for usage and they ignored it for profit. It seems as though TikTok's doing the same. If you come across accounts like this, you need to report it here immediately. With the World Wide Web, exploitation is at an all-time high. This is how we can protect our children. Love you.
0: That's from the TikTok Advocate And she's pushing to have you report to missingkids.org. What I love about this video is that this is one of these situations where the the issue about child exploitation is massive. And we hear a lot of lip service. And unfortunately, there's a lot of default to like hunting down the pedos and things like that. And I would say that most reasonable human beings would probably agree with that. And if we really had it where we wanted it, we'd be having a massive industry of millstones right now. However, within the framework of the world that we're currently living, those sorts of actions are still out of bounds because as a collective whole of humanity, we haven't yet valued children enough. We somehow think that law enforcement will handle it all and that we can't, we should not be enraged and we must be calm and we must be peace loving. We'll continue that conversation in a moment. What I'm really getting at here in which is important is the concept of affecting change and understanding that there's a pursuit of something much greater than themselves. These two women dedicate themselves to trying to dig open accounts, find out what the scams are, uncovering things. They're fearless. And they're pushing and they're elevating. And they're doing something. They're making the change. They've become huge givers of our world. I have no idea what their relationship with God is. But this is what I know. I know that their protection of the sacred children no matter what personal relationship they have with Christ, that I'll, they have favor in heaven. And that's a fact. Because they have taken the responsibility to take on something that God has told us that if we fail to do so, we ourselves could be judged and will be judged. We as a society have to start taking these issues very seriously. We are not going to have change. And this is where I really, I I get very upset over this period between the Q program of waiting for the White Hats to save the world, between the pew worship of waiting for Christ to come back and change the world. Where do we fit in? Because here's a simple fact. For all this waiting and sitting on the pews and praying to God and asking when it's going to be done, that's all asking for the gift and not worshiping what the giver has given. And when we're sitting there doing all of that, maturations, if all we are here for is to take, then why would God bother to have us at all? i might literally say, like, flood number two, please. Now, click, flush, start over. The entire process of awakening is gaining responsibility and taking accountability. And I I will tell you that I, I do believe in a much more martial side in Scripture. You know I do. I don't advocate for violence. I do not and will not. But I sure as heck advocate for flipping tables. What do you think and i don't know that we have an answer but i just want you to think about this for a minute christ flipped tables with the money changers and from everything that i've researched and put together that was a violation deep violation of the tithe because there was an intercession intersection excuse me intersection between the tithe and the giving and the receiver Meaning that somebody stepped in the middle of that and said, I'll take your tithe and I'll give you something in exchange for it. And I'm going to convert it to money, which the Pharisees can use for whatever they personally want, which is completely not what the whole principle is about. That's I'm being a little broad in the in the in the research for a sake of time, but that's essentially it. And it's a deep violation when somebody stepped in the middle of the gift and the receiver, Christ flips tables, and it's no small act. He even takes out a whip, and he drives them out of the market with a whip. I wonder what he would have done had they been exchanging kids, if they had been selling TikTok access for other adults to watch children dance around naked that were lured in to do these sorts of things. And so that said, what are we doing? Where is the outrage? I it makes all of us sick. These two women are doing God's work. They're trying to elevate up an issue to make people aware. They're digging. They're doing they're spending their time investigating, pulling pieces together. I told you the other day, and I'm I've just begun work on this. Dornbecker, children's hospital in Portland, Oregon now is asking is providing understanding for trans kids as well as understanding for how to have inappropriate sexual relationships or experiences. They're doing that for free, by the way. don't have to worry. You don't have to pay for it. Oregon is now requiring teachers to go through some sort of porn indoctrination class. We each are one person in our communities, and it's not easy. But we have got to start coming together as the group that we are, And raising the voice louder and putting pressure on these people to crush them. The pedos have taken charge of the world. And they have no intention of going easier on the children. None. Their objective is to make every child more accessible to them so that they can fulfill their sexual pleasures and desires. And they want to dumb down Americans and parents so much that people willfully just accept it. Because you can't offend the progressives because it's all-inclusive. And that's where that whole bleed-over comes into the pew where we must love one another and we must accept all. Nonsense. If you do not understand the line between tolerance and intolerance, you're not walking that line of, Christ, as far as I'm concerned, because not everything is accepted. If Christ accepted all things, he would have stood for nothing. And that's why I go back to this place of flipping tables. There was a line, it was a very clear line. And we are expected to find that line. But unfortunately, we are consumed with receiving the gift of life, of whatever, the blessings of God, the, the, the great wealth that we'll accumulate. I, you know, I have to ask myself sometimes, and I, I do because I run into people that say to me things like, wow, I, you know, I've been blessed and God's given me everything I want. And he just continues to shower me with, with material things. And I'm like, hmm, that's funny. What are you doing with it? That's my, that's my first question always. What are you doing with it? Are you sharing it and distributing it as God would ask you to do? Are you hoarding it and building up your empire for yourself? It's not a judgment. It's a question. Because I think we get very distorted in this whole place of the gift and the giver. And when we're receiving the gift, it feels good. Like, wow, this is fantastic. It's flowing. But what are we doing to use that gift as God intended? Here's one thing we all have equally, some better than others, but we all have it. And we've all learned we had it. We all discovered we've had it in the last five years. Every single one of us has a capacity to research and dig and find truth because that's something that we've had in us and we've acquired and we've pursued it and God's opened those doors. And if that's the case, then why are we not using that gift for the most important gift given to this world, which is the children? Do you know that we still can't map out pedo networks? Do you know that we still don't have an accurate count of how many children go missing and how many children are flat out disappeared every year? How can that be after five years? We can tell ourselves everything about U- Ukraine. We can tell ourselves everything about the Russia Gate issue. We can talk about the election fraud. Do you notice something missing in every single one of these issues? In the public domain, every politician, every corporate CEO, every educator, every, every, almost every church. Where is the focus on the exploitation of children? This is sickening to me. This thing should be at the pulpit every single Sunday. Across this entire nation, but I truly believe it's either one of two things: either it's complicit, and they don't want to—they don't want to dig into that rabbit hole, or they just don't want to believe it. So what's that leave? That means we, the people, God's children, have a responsibility to start pounding it back at the pulpit and making sure it's heard. I can't believe of all the stuff we do. We lose track of this topic more than any of them. It's bad enough we've had COVID. It's bad enough that we've had the injection mandated. It's horrific that they're trying that they're going after the children. It's worse than horrific that parents are allowing it. Because even in the worst case scenario, just take the numbers and raw it down to the numbers and the person doesn't even want to listen to God, wants to believe in MRNA and all this other garbage. The numbers don't add up. There is no reason whatsoever that any child of any age should be getting that injection, and that includes teens and young adults. And yet, the insanity continues. I think if there's one mission that has been put before us, one mission, it is the preservation of the children. You notice how those that burned down abortion clinics were categorized as a terrorist? That was a big deal in the 80s. And you notice how those that are sucking the children out and killing them are praised as heroes by the system? Does that start to maybe paint the right picture? When we start to get into the sickness that goes along here with all of this, and if we really would all Start to embrace what's going on and realize how far this extends from using fetal cells for, let me say this again, using fetal cells for food flavoring and coloring, using fetal cells in all sorts of products. Where is it coming from? We know where it's coming from. And yet we just keep cruising along like, ooh, that's kind of ugly. Maybe I don't want to eat that. How about, ooh, that's like sick, and I'm going to make a campaign to make sure that company goes out of business and those people are pursued. It is absolutely essential that we start waking up to the depth of the horror that is in our country and in this system that we're taking for granted and how children are the centerpiece of the exploitation you have a president whatever you want to call him hand puppet it's functioning as the president that knowingly knowingly covered up the sexual relationship between his niece and his son hunter biden we have a president that openly in public on two different occasions at least kissed his niece on the lip and considered, called her, referred to her as something like his most special and intimate person of his family. And we just keep going on. We have a hand puppet in the seat of the presidency that can't resist sniffing children. We have a hand puppet in the seat of the presidency that openly talked about how his 16-year-old son Hunter Biden would come into bed and snuggle with him. Nothing wrong with that. And literally I've I've told this to people and I'm like, "Yeah, that's okay." No, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not okay. Not in a world where the slippery slope is going down. Then let's not even forget let's not forget about the daughters. I mean his the the showers with his daughter When you have somebody sitting in the office of the highest office in the nation that's that way, what do you think is going to be underneath them? And what does that tell us? What does it say to our children and to this generation when we're sitting on the side and they understand it because they're getting victimized and we are doing nothing? You know, someone said, I'm going to paraphrase this. This is a quote some time back, and it went something like this. When your child comes and slaughters you as an axe murderer when they're 30s, when they realize what you've done to them in their gender flip, don't come complaining. Well, I've got a kind of a dark spin on that. If the youth in this nation took over power and extolled judgment on the adults that did nothing to protect them, I don't think we'd have a lot to say. And I don't know whether that would be God-driven or not, but I can say one thing. We have a lot to make up for. We have a system that has been built around the exploitation of children and in our busyness to build up our personal empires of gifts, be it our salaries, our homes, our new cars, all of our things. The children have been cast aside suffering. Pleading in the dark and in the silence for God, not even knowing sometimes who He is, just asking for mercy. Where are we? But we're happy to pray for God's help for our mortgage. We're happy to pray for God's help for our car payment. We're happy to pray for God's help when we get sick because we're happy to take the gift from the giver we're happy to eat those loaves of bread and be filled where are we where are we in this fight to be the voice of the innocent and those who cannot defend themselves Where are we in this fight flipping tables? And it's on both ends of the spectrum because every time I start on this child issue, I end up in the same place, which is the parental issue. What we do to our parents to cast them off into the homes and dust them out of our house so that we don't have the responsibility of taking care of them, even though they nurtured us and took care of us. At the core of all of this is a very simple issue. In all of the hope of these great images of White hats saving the day and the military going to intercede and take care of us. And if you're one of those UFO types, it's going to be the Palladians or the Galactians or whatever nonsense it's going to be. Someone's always going to come in and save us. And you heard me say this for over two years. The only plan is us, and we have to save ourselves. Well... How can we expect God to give grace to this nation? How can we expect to save a nation, to save a world where in this nation we have turned our back on both God's blessed children and the elderly? But we're all fine. That's okay. We got new credit cards and new debt, new credit limits. A nice new car, clothes, Amazon shopping, plenty of cheap stuff from Walmart. Never mind the kids that made it at 25 cents a day or whatever they're paying them. See, it's, it's. we have a lot of fixing to do that isn't going to be fixed by some great storm that's going to wash it all away because At the end of the day, we have to hold accountability. And the question I keep asking myself is, what is it going to take? When everybody has to see the graphic horrors of what's happened, do we need to see the ritual abuses the children have gone through, the literal, literal blood sacrifice? Do we need to witness that to wake up? Do we need to be given such graphic images that we all want to throw up and you'll never get them out of your head? Do we need to see that? Does each person need to have that experience I've told you about when you put your foot in a pile of goo, only in this case it would be a child, and it gets all over your shoe and you smell it for the rest of the day? What is it going to take for us as a nation to wake up and finally take a stand and say enough is enough? Are we going to continue to listen to the babbling of Lindsey Graham? Lindsey Graham, who's pushing for supporting Ukraine, who is the, who is the love of John McCain, he was actually the catcher, not the pitcher, so we're clear. Is that what it's going to take? Because if that's what it's going to take for a nation, then we're already broken. And I believe that we're, I would hope that we're better than that. If every single person made a commitment every day Engage that topic of children. Just that simple as a beginning. If we had, if it started with 10,000 people that said, every day I'm going to commit to talking to somebody about the sacrifice or exploitation or abuse or some dysfunctional aspect where you have facts, not, not just random stuff, but you can establish solid facts like this video I just played or this audio piece I just played for you. If you can start making parents aware every single day. And if that started with 10,000 and in a week that grew to 20,000 and in the next week that grew to 40,000, that's three weeks. And in four weeks, if that grows to 80,000 and in five weeks, if that grows to 160,000, you can do the math. It's not going to be long before six months into this, every single person in the United States has been touched with the truth. All it takes is a small action and it takes a commitment. We have to make that commitment as Bard's Nation. I truly believe that because it's not getting done. We can't keep expecting someone else to do it for us. And we have to start this tsunami. We have to raise up a consciousness. And if there's one fight that we have to lead, it's protecting the innocent. Sure, we can love our neighbor, we can prep ourselves for the end of times. But what good is it going to be if the children are so damaged and the adults have lost their connection with the family? What have we done? Because we can't exist without either. Our parents are what bring us into this life. We become those when we get older. The children are our future. And if we don't have a future and we terminate our past and our wisdom. There's not much left. Oh, wait, I know what that model is. I've heard it before. It's called the Great Reset. It's called transhumanism. It's called the Nazi world order. I'm not going to be part of it. I'm going to walk in God's lane. Time to elevate the message. Time to scream from the mountaintops. Time to take action. We have a lot of work to do and a lot of children that are crying out for help. They need us and we owe that to them. Let us pray. Father, tonight we come to you and Jesus, um. I'm, I don't even know what to say tonight other than hear our prayers. Every one of us carries this in our heart that we know that we have not done enough. Every one of us feels the pain of the truth around the exploitation of children in this nation. The suffering that they've gone through. And yet, we have not done enough. You've entrusted us to take care of your blessed, and we have failed. And we have not just failed, we have failed miserably. We place ourselves before you and we pray for forgiveness. We ask for mercy, but we pray for forgiveness. And in so praying for forgiveness, we we pray for the mercy for the children. We have forgotten that path of honoring the giver. And we've been too consumed on worshiping the gifts. You have given us so much. You have sacrificed so much for us. And if we're going to be honest, as I hope we all are tonight, we have not lived up to that sacrifice. Forgive us and raise the fire of righteousness within us, Lord. We have been raised into a culture of faith which says that we literally should do nothing other than accept and pray. Father, you know me. You know me well. And you know that line that I walk, that line between That love of tolerance and that line of intolerance. And this is one of these lines that has been crossed. And intolerance is raging. And we're doing little to nothing about it. We're looking to the authorities. We're looking to the government to solve it for us. And yet, they're part of the cancer. We keep expecting a criminal organization to become uncriminal. We're living in a bubble, in a naivety. Father, shatter that within our minds. Let us see clearly what this is. Give us the resolve to finally see what it is that we are trying to pursue in that impossible climb, which is literally taking us into the pit of hell as we try to expect criminals to do anything other than what they do, criminality. And as, you, as we seek our forgiveness, point us, Father, in that place, that narrow path where we walk with the righteousness and the flames of righteousness within our hearts. And we understand that there are lines that you do not cross. And we rise up and we stand boldly to protect the children and those that can no longer protect themselves. We have to remember. And, Father, that's going to be painful, so bring the pain. Let us see the truth and let us be shaken to the core. And when that happens, let it not paralyze us, but instead to raise us up with the righteousness to pursue what needs to be done. This has to end. And it's not enough for us to simply witness the world and say, oh, the pain and the suffering is part of my walk. Yes, there's pain and suffering, but we have a responsibility, Father. And if, and if this is wrong, then show us But we have a responsibility to defend these children and to do what we can, to speak truth, to awaken the minds for people to see. Give us that fire and that flame within us. Guide us in this pursuit. Jesus, walk with us in this pursuit. Lead us to the places of flipping tables because we need that now. This has to end. And we say this things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. The war that should be being waged to turning over tables is here domestically to make sure that our children are safe. And four young women hijack a car in New Orleans of an elderly mom, 70 years old, She fell out of the vehicle. Her arm was captured into the edge of her seatbelt. The girls drove off, ripped her arm from her body. She was left on the ground, torn up from the dragging of the vehicle, missing an arm. The neighbors came out in horror. The kids didn't even think twice about it, took off in the vehicle, and the woman died and bled out. That happened two days ago. For young youth. If youth are doing that. What is that saying about our culture and our society? Because we're not there, apparently. We're not there to keep them in line. This world that they want is that type of world. They, meaning those in power. They are trying to destroy the family. They are trying to corrupt the youth. And they're doing a good job indoctrinating children. Disney has announced that it's going to increase its number of products to highlight the LGBTQ culture for kids. That means they're increasing the focus on grooming is what they're doing. When is enough enough? We have to work with our neighbors to get their children out of schools. We have to support that and help communities come together. We have to start taking bold stands and driving out these freaks out of our communities. If this keeps going, we're going to have to start some businesses all across this country and making millstones because this stuff has to end. And it has to end with fire. It has to end with the fires and flames of righteousness in our heart. Because it's not acceptable. There are too many predators out there. And each family has a responsibility to protect their child. And we must. And we have to help educate And bring to awareness. And there's a lot of broken families, and there's a lot of things out here that parents don't even know is going on. So I think that's a good place to start, which is truth and awareness and raising up the understanding of what's really happening. We have to do this, or we have no nation. And if we don't have a nation, how can we expect God to give us grace? Tomorrow's a new day. Take it to prayer. Listen to what God asks. But each one of us can make a difference. And that's the point. That where we started tonight with Steve Jobs. So when we finally realize that this world that we're living in is constructed by fools, and pedophiles, and criminals, we start to realize that we're living exactly the way they want us to. Don't you think it's time that we say no? Don't you think it's finally time that we throw down and say enough is enough, and we're going to make this world the way we want it to be, the way God wants it to be, and to reset this with the balance of love and deep protection for those that are most blessed in God's eyes. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. We need a lot of prayers. We need a lot of prayers of focus to listen to what God has to say. And if we're talking to God, he's going to show the way. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will win. We have a huge part of this fight. And a huge responsibility to accomplish that. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. Prayers for our children. Prayers for our elderly. Out for now.
2: All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose, reaching out for some. Sits down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world's too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith. When so Lance, is caused far away. close so-